So we just took a team, an awesome team, the awesome team that's all lined up over there. Um, we just took them to Belize. Give them a big hand. It was honestly an awesome trip. We spent two days in the country training them, stretching them, growing them, and watching God move in their lives. I think the trip was a success before he even ever left the country, as everybody's life had been impacted. And we went down. Once we got there, we got to paint a church, painted the ceiling, painted the walls, got to wash the walls to paint the walls, put in tile. We got to power wash on the outside. We got to do home visits. We got to do uh, vacation Bible school. We did uh, an outreach to the village. We got to play um, sports with people and just begin to watch God open up doors through, through his love. Got to see God do miracles. It was an amazing, amazing trip. And we've asked, and a bunch of the students said, you know, hey, there's, there's really cool things that God did, um, and we're gonna let them share some of what God did in them, through them, and what the impact that the trip had on them with you guys. So first up, we have Kennedy. You guys give Kennedy a big hand. Um, this is my second mission trip. I went on Guatemala last year, and I get the question all the time, like, what one did you like better? Like, was this one better a lot? And I don't know, like, to compare them isn't really fair because God does different things on each one, right? But um, so in Guatemala, I really learned the concept of being content no matter the circumstance, like the little kids being so joyful with nothing. And with this one, I just really learned that love doesn't have a language. You know, like, a smile is universal, a hug is universal, and just, like, Loving on people is worldwide. And so just seeing that, like, there was this man in a church or in the church service we were at, and um, the translator was um, translating for him, and he said, I don't speak English, but you guys will always be in my heart. And, like, that's what it's about right there, you know, like, loving on people, even if they don't understand, because they understand God's love through us. And um, I met this little boy named Lucito the last day, and he didn't speak any English either. He was, like, he was four. And, but his sister did, and so he, she would, like, translate for us. But... Um, just, like, having him not want me to leave even after a day. And, like, I can't even understand him and he can't understand me. But he understands love. And, like, that's just what it's all about. Like, that's just what really touched me. And so, yeah, that's what I had. Awesome. <laughs> Sir Will. Yeah. Um, I went on Guatemala, too. But, um... This mission trip did a real number on my heart. God um, worked in a pretty mysterious way. So um, every day I, I decided that I was going to give my all for that day. Like I was going to put everything I had into that day to try to bless those kids and love those kids, love the people. Um, and every night I would go to bed and I would feel so tired and so spiritually dry and I'd feel so, so spent. And I'd say, God, like how am I going to be able to wake up tomorrow? How am I even going to be able to do this? Like I just, I feel so spent already. I feel so done and I would wake up every morning with just this fresh passion, like a fresh love. Like it was, it was authentic. Like I didn't have to try to fake it. Um, God replaced my love every morning and he, he refreshed me. Um, and he made me feel ready to go every morning. And so just seeing God's faithfulness um, to, to wake me up every morning and to, to literally put a smile on my face because my excitement was real and my passion was real. Um, and I hope my love was real and I can honestly say it was. So it was, it was just really cool to see God um, in his faithfulness. Um, and so hopefully other people know what I'm talking about. But that, it was incredible. It was, it was. Give him a hand. <clears throat> Megan. 
Hey guys, this was my first missions trip and it was amazing. I learned a lot about giving and what it really meant to give. Like all the kids there, they had so little, but they wanted to give us everything they had. So like if they would get candy or a drink or something, they would rush over to let us try some. And that just really spoke to me because like I wouldn't, if I had my favorite snack, I wouldn't want to give it away to someone immediately. But they were just like so willing to do that. And that just spoke to my heart like... Yeah, they care, and it was cool. And yeah, the end. Andrew. Yeah. As Dad's, Dan said, my name's Andrew. Uh, this is my first out-of-country mission trip. I've done a couple around the country, you know, building houses, replacing things, and just doing grunt labor most of the time, which I kind of got put on down there. But I learned something crazily from uh, two guys Clifford and Jose. Jose was one of the guys that couldn't speak a lick of English. He knew how to say your name and where's the bathroom. Which are, you know, good things to know, but not necessarily fluent. Clifford was the one who translated for the pastor when we were there, which helped a lot because our Spanish is uh, muy mal, bad, I guess you'd say. And then Clifford and Jose then would, I laid tile with them, and they worked all day. We started as soon as breakfast was done. They started mixing mortar, and they laid it down, and they laid tile and tile and tile. And we tiled the entire church in the week that we were down there, and they just didn't quit. It would be lunchtime. Hey, you guys going to take a break for lunch? Nah, nah, we'll keep working. Are you sure? Yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. They work, and then when we left to go do VBS, they'd still be working. We came back, and they're still working. They just had an amazing worth ethic that really impacted me, and I realized that they were giving all of their time, effort, energy, and even some of their money to help further the church and God's kingdom, and I was here in America, yes, supporting them, but just their worth ethic changed my point of view on how I see people and how I can share God's love with them. So um, while I was in Belize, there was a pastor's daughter who had gotten electrocuted, and the, um, the damage from that was just unbelievable. And I realized that it almost helped me in my walk with God and just me as a person because we were listening to her testimony, and she said, I looked around at other people and saw that, hey, mine isn't as bad as theirs, and that's kind of what helped her through it. And I realized how we were all, like, complaining, like, oh, I'm so sweaty, like, it's so hot. And I realized, like, hey, we don't even know, like, like what bad is here in the U.S. Like, bad for us is, oh, no, like, the ice cream is gone or something like that. <laughs> and I realized that we should be thankful for everything because... Down there, they're thankful for, like, a soccer ball. Like, they, we gave them a soccer ball. They got so excited. And I realized that to grow as a person, I need to realize what really is, like, important and what is, like, worth being cried over. And I just hope that all of you, like, realize that as well. Hello. <laughs> I am the mom that went on the trip. Oh my gosh, that's really bright. <laughs> um, 
I absolutely, first and foremost, want to say thank you very much for the team. These kids that went on this team are awesome. Um, they made me stretch. Um, I just, I can't say enough about the kids. So the parents that are out there, you're doing an awesome job. They are awesome, awesome kids. So thank you. Um, one of the things that this trip was just great. Uh, it was my first mission trip I've ever been on. Um, but I, we got the, the joy of having some people healed when we were there. Um, Miguel was one of a uh, little boy, and he was talking uh, with us when we were walking, and we were asking him questions. He had his leg all bandaged up, and he couldn't play, couldn't run with the kids, and he was in pain. And he said that he fell when he was one years old, and he broke the knee, and it never healed completely, healed wrong. Um, and so we didn't at that time right away. Um, he said he was going to the doctor in a couple days, and they were going to do surgery. And, and if it didn't work, they were going to take the amputate the leg off. And so the next day during the VBS, I, you know, my team over there, we said, let's go over and pray for Miguel. Just, I know that we should do that, but we just automatically just went over there, and the Bible says lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's our job. So that's what we did, and that little boy came back the next day and was, came right up to us and said, I heard my knee pop, and I have no more pain. And he played the rest of the trip, and it was amazing. And so, yes, glory to God. Um, but that helped me uh, stretch my faith that my job is to lay hands on the sick. That's what God asks us to do. And we did that, and the blessing that we got to see was amazing. And then we also, at the end of the trip, um, we had another team that went for home visits, and we got to go bless some people and pray for them. And again, a guy was losing his eyesight, and the team laid hands on him, and he immediately said that that eyesight was becoming more clear. So... Go out and lay hands on people and heal the sick. <laughs> it was a phenomenal trip. Uh, one of the things that kept coming up as different people came and shared their encounter, uh, it was amazing seeing people healed. It was really cool because that was one of the things I prayed for before the trip. I said, all right, God, in Acts, we see them preach the word, and it said that you confirm the word with signs and wonders. So God, let that be the case. And we got to see the crippled walk. We got to see the, the blind healed. Um, but one of the things that was really cool was John 13, 35 says that by this, all people will know that you're my disciples, by the way you love one another. God did such a work in our team. There was so much love for God, for each other, and for the people there that everybody saw it. And there was, there, was, there was one boy that we renamed. Um, his parents named him Christian. We named him Icy. Um, long story. But Icy, I, Icy was very insightful. He, he was 14 years old. And he made the comment before the week was out. He looked at us and said, thank you so much for coming. If you didn't come, who would come and love on us for a week? Who, who would love on us? And then he, he made several different comments as he began to recognize God's love in us. But throughout the week, myself and Keaton spent a lot of time with Icy. And Keaton was getting ready to share his testimony. He called over Icy. He said, hey, Icy, come help me out. Because Keaton was going to sit down and write down some bullet points from his testimony. When he sat down with, 
with Icy and begins to share his testimony as he goes to make these bullet points. And when he gets to the end, Icy begin to cry. And I said, well, what's, as, as they begin to talk about it, Icy says that he has a horrible relationship with his dad because his dad tells him about Jesus and he tells his dad that his dad's a liar and he's wrong. And he says his dad watches this, these testimonies from the States on TV and he just tells his dad, they're actors, it's fake, it's not real, they're liars, you're a liar, and just rejected his dad and had destroyed this relationship. But as he looks at Keaton, he goes, you're real. Because he'd encountered God's love through Keaton. And, and after encountering this love, Keaton invited him to start a relationship with God, and he accepted, yeah, I, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And he gave his heart to Jesus. At that time, he had a fever. So after praying with him to make Jesus the Lord of his life, Keaton prayed with him and goes, hey, can I, can I pray for you? And he's like, yeah, sure. So he prays for him. After he prays for him, he said that he just got the chills all over and then the fever just broke. And it watched as God confirmed again as he'd encountered this love. And he wasn't the only one. Like we did an outreach um, and we did the VBS where we saw people get saved at the outreach. We saw people get saved at the VBS, at the youth service, the, at the... Um, Church service where we, where we led, we got to see people get saved. But the things that impacted me was watching our love be so evident that it drew people to Jesus. On our last day in San Jose, um, we, we, we said farewell to everyone at the church and there was lots of tears shed from the team as they didn't want to say goodbye and the, lots of tears from kids because they didn't want to say goodbye after like a week. Um, and there was this one fellow who'd been following us around all week. His name was Jesus. And Jesus, he didn't want to participate. He's 20 years old, but he would watch. And he, he would sit there wherever we were. If we got back into the compound, into the school compound where we were staying, he'd just get on um, this little platform that was in the middle of things and just sit down. And if someone would talk to him, he'd talk with him. He'd just sit there and just be there. When we played soccer, um, he just stood behind the goal and he was actually getting drunk. Um, but wherever we went, he was doing his thing, but he wanted to, to watch us. And when, um, when we got ready to leave, I went over and talked to him, and he was getting teary-eyed as he was just watching us. And I began to go and talk to him, and he just looks, and he was blown away. I said, yeah, that's the love of God. He goes, yeah. Like, have you encountered the love of God? No. Would you like to encounter the love of God? Yeah. And he decided right there that the love that he saw on the team was the love that he wanted in him. And he invited Jesus into, into his life and said that he was gonna live for Jesus based on the love that he saw from the team. In fact, this, he hung out till almost 11 o'clock talking to, to the team and we had to get up at four in the morning. He's like, when are you guys leaving? I'm like, we're leaving at five, we're getting up at four. He goes, I'll be there. 4.01 in the morning, I'm, I come out of our room, start to walk up towards the bathroom, I hear, Pastor! Pastor Daniel, I told you I would come. <laughs> it's four in the morning. I told you I would come. I got up at three. <laughs> four out. You have four hours of sleep and then you're going to go to work. But, but he encountered a love that was so powerful that it literally changed his life. And the Bible says that it's this love that's supposed to mark us. It's a powerful, powerful thing. But, but God's love and his power just marked this trip in an, in an incredible way. Uh, we've got a team 
the team that did a drama down there. They're going to do the drama and get to share it with you guys. So um, go ahead and give them a big hand as they come on up.
It's an awesome, it's an, they do an awesome job um, with the drama. They do an awesome job sharing, um, sharing, their, sharing an amazing story um, with the story. Sophie actually has a bit of her story to share. Hi. Um, this skit, that was, it was fun. Uh, a lot of things in there actually like affected me and I struggled with. Um, I was adopted into a Christian family, and because my birth parents basically gave me up, I really struggled with the fear of abandonment, and this fear turned into um, anxiety. Like, I always thought, if people don't like me, then they'll abandon me. So I just became a huge people pleaser, and that just really, um, like, I don't know, it just held me down, and um. So the anxiety just turned into depression. And, like, I was so hopeless and always, like, low all the time. And I was, like, always sad. It was just, like, a fog. Um, I felt really worthless a lot of the times. And my self-esteem and self-worth were, like, really low. And they were so low that I gained an eating disorder because... I thought I was too fat, and I thought that I was undeserving of food, and I would get really guilty from eating and, like, restrict and purge. Um, And since I was guilty all the time and, like, the depression got worse, I started cutting because I wanted, like, the inside pain to be on the outside so, like, that people could see it, I guess. Um, only my parents really knew how bad I felt. Like, I didn't tell my friends, and I always pretended that I was okay and that I was happy, which is really hard when you're depressed. Um, so I didn't turn to God because I just, like, wanted to save myself, I guess. So I just kept everything bottled up inside. And in March this year, I finally had enough, like, to get up in the morning and to get dressed without having, like, a suicidal thought was really rare for me. I mean, if I didn't have one, it was, like, a huge success. Um, So I was so low and so depressed and so sad all the time, and everything was stressing me out. So I finally OD'd, and the suicide attempt failed, and I was sent to, like, a mental hospital called Forest View, where I was there for a week, and they, like, put me on meds to try to keep me living, I guess. When I returned home, my mom really helped me. Uh, She would say, like, why would God create something useless? Like, everything has a purpose, even the mosquitoes. Uh, Why would he give us food and not want us to enjoy it? Uh, God took our stripes so we could be healed, so why cut? God filled me with hope again. I still struggle with depression, anxiety, and an eating disorder, and cutting. But now I know I have someone to turn to that's here all the time, God. It's a powerful thing to discover that life isn't always perfect, but that God wants to be there for you, that 
no matter what the chaos, no matter what the storm in life, that, that Jesus still loves us. That Jesus sent his son to die for us. And no matter what things we've gotten distracted, where we've gotten off track, that he is calling us saying, I still want a relationship with you. Will you come back? Will you have a relationship with me? And this love is what marked the trip. This love is what marks our lives. This love is what's supposed to mark every single follower of Jesus. And if you're here and you say, you know what, that love has not marked me. I want to know that love. I want to know the God that loves me so. The God that wants to be my rock and my refuge in all of my hurt and all of my broken. This God who still loves me, who still wants to reach out to me. If that's you and you want to make God your Lord, if you want to receive his love and his forgiveness, want to know that you're right with God on your way to heaven, I want to give you a chance to encounter this life-changing love from this God that loves you. Can you go ahead and bow your heads, close your eyes? If that's you, and I come to three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Get ready. This is your chance to declare Jesus to be the Lord of your life, to receive the love that God has for you. One, get ready. Two, three, raise up your hands nice and high. So that's me. Awesome. See your hand. Who else says that's me? I want to encounter God's love. I want to know his forgiveness. I want it to come in and to wash away my sins. Awesome. Awesome. Who else says that's me? Most important decision that anybody ever makes. All right, you can put your hands down. We're going to say a simple prayer. God says, whoever calls on his name will be saved. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to call on his name and let God do a work inside of us. So whether you raised your hand or you've done that before and you've got a relationship with God, then go ahead and join us as we call on his name. Say, God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you for washing my sins away. I want to live for you every day. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Give them a really, really big hand. We're going to go into a song. Can you guys all stand up? I'm going to invite you down front as we're going to go in and we're going to worship this amazing God who poured out his love for us.